0: Hello, and welcome to ECNM Air, a podcast series from ECNM Magazine that shares industry intelligence, insights, and opinions on all topics electrical. I'm your host, Ellen Parson, Editor-in-Chief of ECNM, and today I'd like to highlight some of the most popular technical pieces of content we've been running lately on our website, but this time brought to you in audio-only form for our podcast. In case you missed it, this content was originally brought to you in our ECNM Asks Q&A video series. This week, we're featuring subject matter expert, Randy Barnett, who addresses some of our readers most pressing questions about all things grounding and bonding always a popular topic and randy is definitely an expert in this area so today he's talking about whether or not the main grounding electrode conductor can be spliced it's definitely a good one uh, three pole versus four pole automatic transfer switch grounding and separately derived systems grounding diesel engines driven backup generators as compared to natural gas generators as well as understanding auxiliary electrodes So let's hear what Randy has to say about all things grounding and bonding. Randy, over to you.
1: Hi, welcome to ECNM Ask. This is a series of short videos uh, presented to you by ECNM Magazine. And what we're gonna do is we're just gonna take a very few minutes and we're gonna answer some questions that that, uh, you have about electrical installations and maintenance and so forth. So today we're gonna be talking about grounding and bonding. My name is Randy Barnett and I'm one of the subject matter experts uh, here at ECNM magazine, as well as I'm the program manager for electrical codes and safety at NTT Training. So anyway, let's get started on grounding and bonding because that's our question topics for today, right? So let's see what uh, have we got. Question wise, someone has asked, can the main grounding electrode conductor be spliced? And everybody says right away, no, you can't do that, okay? Because actually 250.64, we'll take a look at a couple things here, but 250.64 says it must be continuous in length, all right? So I can't splice it. However, you better read that section because it also references us uh, to some other sections that says, you know what? Well, think about it without even reading it. Just think about it. If I need to... uh, um, Let's say I bond to a water pipe. So I well, I need to. My I'm going to use my water pipe as my grounding electrode because it meets the requirements of Article 250 for being part of my grounding electrode system. So I need to connect to that. I'm not going to go out in the yard with my grounding electrode conductor and dig down to my water pipe and try and connect to it. I'm going to connect to it probably in my house somewhere, right, or in my building. And uh, so what have I done? I have now terminated that grounding electrode conductor connected it to a piece of water pipe that's gonna extend out to my grounding electrode system. So I am allowed to do that, okay? So hopefully that answers that question for you then. Let's see, and that, that uh, other reference is 250.68C. So 250.68C talks about terminating that grounding electrode conductor. <clears throat> Oh, this is a good one. This is a question that seems to confuse people a lot of times. Can you please go over three-pole versus four-pole ATS switch grounding? First of all, let's go back to Article 100 real quick and look at the definition for a separately derived system. So back into the 2020 code. Separately derived system. Got to know my ABCs. There it is. An electrical source other than a service having no direct connection to circuit conductors of any other electrical source other than those established by grounding and bonding connections, so we bond enclosures together and so forth. So a separately derived system, maybe a good example then is a transformer. Uh, excuse me, let's say a generator would probably be a better example. So I have my service comes in, and of course it brings in the ungrounded phase conductors, goes to an automatic transfer switch, and then goes out to my loads. And the event that I lose the service, I have my emergency generator, standby generator that kicks in and and the switch throws over from the utility over to the generator and now my generator supplies my loads. That's great. The question is on grounding that generator is do I switch that neutral? You see I can have I have two options I can bring in that neutral from the utility and take it and just keep it continuous right through my automatic transfer switch on down to the loads. Or I can use that transfer switch to break the neutral. If I break the neutral, I would lose my neutral connection down below. So what do I have to do? I have to establish a new neutral over here at my generator. So that's called a separately derived system. The easy way to find that out, take a look in your automatic transfer switch. If it's a three pole switch, it switches the three phase conductors, A, B, and C. If it's a two pole, or if, excuse me, if it's a four pole switch, it'll also switch that neutral conductor. In which case, yes, you would have a separately derived system. You would need to ground that generator then. See if we can get in another question. Uh, well, this re- relates to generators. Uh, how do you recommend grounding a diesel engine driven backup generator? Just as well, same recommendation, question for a natural gas generator well that ties into what we were just talking about Uh, the prime mover the source of, of energy for the prime mover be it gasoline diesel uh natural gas whatever it is uh it doesn't matter the electrical end of it doesn't care how it's turning right it just it's electrical and so the answer would be how would i ground that well i would have to go into my code book and and uh, you know, once again, if it's a separately derived system, that's gonna be that we were just talking about. That's in 250.30 for grounding of separately derived systems In, But I think we just explained that pretty well in the previous uh, question. Uh, one more quick question. And uh, can you talk a little bit about the auxiliary electrode? Yeah, auxiliary electrodes, 250.54. Let's take a look at that uh, real quick. Very short section, not a lot of information on it. 250.54, auxiliary grounding electrodes. It says one or more grounding electrodes shall be permitted to be connected to the equipment grounding conductors. And 250.118, which is bonding. We already talked about uh, in uh, previous Q&A what those uh, uh, bonding methods we can use such as rigid conduit wire types and so forth. And um, it says it shall not be required, the auxiliary electrode is not required to to meet the requirements of the grounding electrode system then. So what are we talking about? We ground at the service of the source of the separately derived system basically. That's actually where we're going and we connect to the windings on the transformer, the generator, and we actually take them to the earth and ground. With an auxiliary grounding electrode, we have a piece of equipment out here operating and the manufacturer says, you know what? Probably to get rid of some stray voltages or something like that. We want you to go in and we want you to connect to that enclosure or to the equipment grounding conductor in that enclosure. And we want you to ground right there at that piece of equipment. That's the auxiliary grounding uh, rod. And so the auxiliary grounding electrode is not connected To the grounding electrode system it's not part of the grounding electrode system anyway that's all the time we got for today this is uh uh, once again ecnm ask you got questions we try and get them answered for you here as one of the smes at ecnm magazine which is part of the endeavor business portfolio of publications and uh be safe we'll see you next time
0: Well, it looks like we're about out of time for today, so tune in next time for more answers to your most pressing electrical questions from our subject matter experts. ECM On Air is one of the many benefits available to our members only portal, which offers exclusive member benefits and premium content that's hand selected by our editorial team. If you're interested in finding out more, you can register on our website, ecmweb.com, in the drop down menu under premium content. And if you're listening on a podcast app, please check out our website for the links mentioned in this podcast. You can find it in the premium content area. This podcast is produced by ECM Magazine, part of the portfolio of Endeavor Business Media Publications. Well, I think that's it for now. I'm Ellen Parson, signing off of ECM On Air. Thank you and have a great day.